This sermon is brought to you by Shofar Christian Church. We hope that you will be blessed by this message. Our audio and video sermons are also available on Shofar TV to download and share. It's all about control, remote control. All right, so the definition of control is the power to influence behavior. The definition of remote control is the power to influence, to influence from a distance. So, I want to share the good news with you tonight. We are all due for an upgrade. Woohoo! So, we're all due for a new TV, Total Victory. Not just that, it is an HD, higher definition TV, his definition. And not just that, God wants to replace our old remote control tuned into SABC, slaves, accused, blinded, and controlled by the one, two, and three options the enemy has against us. And he wants to give us this. DSTV. Divine, supernatural, true victory. Woohoo! Aren't you excited? And not just that, there's more. PVR. It's the promised land victory revelation. All right. So God wants to give us a, a, a taste of his victory tonight. So you might be asking, TV... HD, PVR, DSTV, all of that, the whole package? Yes, because in the Word, God says in 2 Corinthians 1 verse 20, that no matter how many promises there are in God, they are all yes in Jesus Christ. So the good news tonight is you receive all of them. All right, and not just that, um, the God, God also says that um, what is quite important is that you need to to take up your rightful place in him. So you might say, you can't afford it. You don't earn it. You don't deserve it. Good news tonight is it's not about you. It's not about us. It's about him. Jesus paid the higher price with his blood. So we all receive this whole package. What we need to do is just choose to receive it. Because the truth is we have all been called. Um, few are chosen because few respond to say, yes, Lord, I want to receive this. Um, and the reason why God did, a, did this is in Galatians 5, verse 1, it says that it is for freedom that God has set us free. So we have no longer to be, have to be burdened by a yoke of slavery because God wants us to live free. All right. And the good news is it also comes with a, with a, a guarantee and a deposit. So God says in his word, take hold of that which you've been called to. God has given us the, the Holy Spirit as a deposit in our hearts, guaranteeing us of our inheritance and what is to come. All right, so before we um, go further into the sermon, I just want to give you some instructions on this um, new DSTV instruction um, manual. So firstly, this is a very powerful object of fierce battle between siblings, roommates, and family members. We all know about that. So that's just to warn you that once you've made the choice and you step into the freedom, the enemy will still come and fight for control. Secondly, because it's remotely controlled, it might cause us to become lazy. Okay, We have to actively pursue God every day. Once you've given your life to him, you can't just sit back and relax. This is actively work from your side. You need to keep on pressing in because there's always more in Jesus Christ. Thirdly, they say remotes are misplaced quite often, as often as keys and wallets. So very important about the, this point I want to make is be careful for distractions because we often get distracted and put the remote control somewhere. And when you get distracted, the enemy might take hold of this control and tune you back into SABC 1, 2, and 3 instead of staying tuned into the multi-choice 
um, of DSTV. Um, another thing that we need to remember, we're very privileged to have this PVR, which can move um, through timelines, but very important, don't get stuck in the past. Your past does not determine your future. In fact, the enemy can use wounds in the past to steal your freedom. So very important, try and stick to real time. Also, with this remote control, you can tune into anyone's conversation. So you need to ask the Holy Spirit to give you a spirit of discernment because you need to know what is relevant for you to receive and what is irrelevant. So you need to know where the silence button is because if you start hearing the voice of the enemy, press the silence button. Also, parental control is advised. So ask the Holy Spirit to guide you daily. He knows better. And then lastly, we're all familiar with the V for volume and P for program. So the V represents the voice of God. You always want more plus, plus, plus. You want more of it. If you're not hearing the voice of God, it might be the voice of God. It might be because of negative things influencing you. All right. And then also the last one, the P for program, representing the presence of God. So the presence of God is all around us, whichever program you're tuning into. If you've not experienced the promise of God, you either press the off button or you turn your back on the screen. So very important. Face him and um, stay tuned into him. All right, so let's tune into the Discovery Channel tonight. Let's start off and just see what is the scheme of the enemy? How does he control us? So who of you likes it when another person controls you? Can I see by raise of hands? great stuff, because I can't handle control at all. I don't deal very good with it. You're welcome to ask my husband about that. All right, so the thing is, if we don't like people controlling us, how do we let the enemy control us? So, so just reading in the Bible, I went back into Genesis, and then just saw that, that God um, command, commands us to reign and rule over the earth and the animals and the fish and that. He never commanded us to rule over people. But Satan, or Lucifer, was pride. He had pride in his heart, and he raised himself above God. And then the only way he could get the glory for himself is to, he, people won't make the choice by themselves, but he controls us to worship him in that way. So just um, this, to illustrate this remote control um, example, to me, God's heart is to give us the remote control to tune into DSTV, the Divine Supernatural True Victory. But even then, he wants us to sit on his lap and he wants us to control it himself. He always gives us choices. He never wants to take control for us. Where the schemes of the enemy is to really fight and have control of it. That is just the heart of God versus the way the, the enemy operates. So if uh, we don't like people controlling us, why do we then let Satan control us? Well, in 2 Corinthians 11 verse 14, it says, No wonder, Satan himself masquerades as an angel of light. It is not surprising then that his servants masquerades as angels of righteousness. So that's the thing. He kind of twists something and we think we're doing something, like my example that I'm going to share with you tonight, that seems quite righteous and for the glory of God, meanwhile fell into the enemy's, um, enemy's trap. And this is what I want to share with you tonight. Um, I fell for the enemy's trap. I was blinded. I was tuned into SABC 1, 2, and 3 for years. I always thought I, I was using my passion for his glory. Um, but in fact, looking at it now, I was actually using my passion for my own glory and not for his glory. Um, and basically just starting off um, at my running testimony. So um, since we came to East London in 2004, um, I've been running from then up and pretty much this year. I won most of the races shorter distance from 5 up to 21. 
And I became kind of known as the runner. People that didn't know me would like ask me when I say my name, Hanli Bota, are you the runner? Yes, I am the runner. It was actually such a joke in our house that my husband would like introduce himself. Hello, I'm Leon. And then people would say, Leon. And then he's like, Hanli's husband's like, oh, Leon, yeah, we know you well. So he kind of said he's just going to introduce himself as, hello, I'm Hanli's husband. Okay, so you can see the route that the enemy used, identity. So it's been a couple of years, so suddenly my identity became rooted um, in being known as the runner. So it's not just identity, then it was this living up to people's expectation. What if I don't win? What would people say? Um, what do they expect? So now it's identity. It also opened the door for fear. It also opened the door for pride. Because now if I knew I couldn't win certain races because they would invite um, guest runners, I was like, huh, too happy with the injury because my pride is um, being um, being uh, is being manipulated or it could be um, of his spell. So basically, um, that door just opened um, for the enemy to work with fear in my heart, pride, also things like anxiousness control, because now I needed to control the perfect training program to actually get this result. So a lot of things basically crept into my heart. And I could very much relate to um, James 3, verse 14 to 16, which reads like this. But if you harbor bitter envy and selfish ambition in your hearts, do not boast about it or deny the truth. Such wisdom does not come down from heaven, but is earthly and spiritual of the devil. For where you have envy and selfish ambition, there you will find disorder and every evil practice. And this so spoke to me, especially like the disorder part, because it was always first running, then my husband, then the kids, then work, then God. So it just kind of, um, the flow of things of order in our house was always like, there was always this hidden thing that always had first priority. Um, and like the last bit that says every evil practice, again, like as I mentioned, the one little thing opened doors for so many things, pride, um, stress and anxiousness, um, all that sort of thing. I could also then very much relate with Romans 8 verse 5, which says, those who live according to the sinful nature have their mindset on what that nature desires. All right, so that was kind of the desire of my heart. I had to kind of feel this identity and live up to this expectation, what I presumed everybody is expecting me to do. So that was basically what my nature was trying to do as well. So all I could do was like train, 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 because that's kind of fueling my, um, my desire. It also says there a little bit further on, the mind of sinful man is death, and the mind controlled by the spirit is life and peace. And to me, that death was almost like... Um, you know, focusing on the running, missing a session would kind of make me kind of feeling this guilt, this um, stress about what about, how's it going to affect my performance at the end of the day, at the end of the year, that sort of thing. So there's a lot of negative things um, that sneaked in there. All right, so am I saying that hobbies and sports is a sin? No, I'm definitely not. In 1 Corinthians 6 verse 12, um, it says that um, everything that you do is permissible, but not everything is beneficial. Right, everything you can do, everything um, is permissible, but it should not master you at the end of the day. And that's the key word for us is master. All right, so um, that is what happened with running in my life. It was calling the shots in my life. It, it mastered me. So this is what I want to ask you tonight. Does anything come to mind? If you put in a situation where you have to choose that one thing that you almost can't go without, if I can put it in that sense, 
what is that that is mastering you, if you can put it in that way. I usually ask the question, if you're going on holiday and you break with routine and priorities and all that important things in your life that needs to be done on a daily basis, what is the one thing that you take with? For me, it was always my running tackies. I don't travel light because I always have three or four sets of running clothes and exercise clothes going with. But it could be anything. It could be a laptop because of work or things that needs to be done. It could be your case of beers. It could be anything. So just really trust the Holy Spirit tonight to just reveal to you what is that one thing that is mastering you. So in um, Matthew 6 verse 24 Um, The word says that no one can serve two masters. Either you will hate the one and love the other one. It doesn't have to be to that extent. Basically, just saying love less, love the one and love less the other one. Or um, you will be devoted or loyal to the one, even um, give preference to the one and then despise the other. So basically, a master can be defined as something that has authority over us, whose works are what we live for. Um, we put our faith in it and whose instructions guide our life. So you can see this, we become slaves to it. And then the words um, just kind of confirming the slave action is service, authority, loyalty, and then also dependency. Um, it, another version also says um, you will hold on to the one and despise the other. And that hold on to also kind of denotes a sense of dependency, kind of a clingy behavior as if your, um, your existence depends on that. So now that we've kind of got an idea of what could control us or what could master us in our lives, I want you to, to tune into the series channel. We're going to go look at um, Prison Break. And this is basically my story of um, breaking free from control. So the important thing here is choices. We always have a choice. And the two choices is basically obedience or disobedience. All right. I chose to be disobedient. And that's basically my testament. I was disobedient. And basically what happened, it was um, last year in January. Um, one morning, my husband decided he's going to go for an early morning run. And I was like, like envious because I'm not going to let him go without me, firstly. And secondly, FOMO, because I don't want to miss out. So it's fear. That's basically the, the root. So I was disobedient. And why I was disobedient? Because three years ago, God actually saved our marriage because we went through a very challenging time having our firstborn. Um, and also because we did not have parents here. We didn't have um, a nanny that could help us. So basically, the two of us were like still pursuing our goals, running-wise, and church and everything we are involved with. Um, but our marriage took, um, took huge strain. And then actually God brought us to a place to tell us that that is actually, the, the, that early time slot in the morning is where we need to connect. And I'm really using our example. It's different for most people because I know most people have got children that wakes up at four or five. We don't know that. Our kids can sleep until nine if they can choose. Um, but God basically showed us that if we surrender that time and st- spend that time together in the word, um, it, it was of benefit to us. So it actually saved our marriage. We were like every day of the week, five o'clock in the morning up, we were worshiping, we were just pursuing God, and um, God just did a miracle for us in, in our relationship, because we grew closer to one another, but ultimately we grew close to Him. So it saved our marriage. So that's why I'm saying, in my case, I was disobedient, because I really felt that God told me that that is His time. Um, I have other time to train during the day, so for me, that was being disobedient to what I know, the time that God told me He wants to spend with me. So um, out of my disobedience that morning, I started 
um, having a very um, painful sensation in my foot, like it's bruised. And that night when I actually went to do my actual training session, which is speed work, I tore a muscle in my foot. So that put me out quite a bit. I was out for six weeks with that. And then I ended up with a knee injury, left knee, and then it was right knee. So basically eight to nine months of no running. Right, this was really a challenging time in my life because, again, like I said earlier, my world was based on running. My identity, my self-confidence, pretty much everything. So it was really a challenging time for me. And it's funny um, to just think of it, but basically the only time we know that God is in control is when we're placed in a situation that we can't control because we've got no other choice to just surrender. That's the only choice we have. Um, so that brought me to my knees, and I surrendered to God and we always think, to me, it was also like surrender seems so hmm, losery, like yield to or give over to or submit to. But in, a, in, a, in actual fact, where I thought it would make me weak, it actually strengthened me incredibly. There's just something in surrendering, just letting go and let God take control. So surrender is basically best um, demonstrated in sacrifice, in obedience. And that's what I did. So God brought me to a place, to that hour slot in the morning, my running slot. I actually sacrificed to pray and spend time with him. Now, that was a mountain for me to climb because I knew how to run for an hour. I did not know how to spend an hour with God. What would I do? What would I say? What would I pray? So it was also just a process for me to grow. And also, I just spent a lot of time in prayer. God showed me um, to pray for people, pray for people that I'll be encountering for the day because he wants to use us to serve other people. So that's what I started doing. If I have a coffee date um, or I know I'll see someone at work, I actually prayed for the people and trust God for words. And in the process of sharing that with them and blessing them, it actually blessed me so much because my eyes just opened to realize that God is working all the time. If we're not going to slot in with his plans, he's most probably going to use someone else. But it just blessed me to um, be, you know, be a blessing to someone else. So, yes, so if you want to break free of your prison, um, your first step to freedom is pretty much this. Pray every day. That is your first assignment of the day. Because seven days without prayer makes one week. All right, so it's very important. And then very important is that you should seek him first. That was such a revelation for me in the word to seek him first. Because if you seek him first, he will give you the desires of your heart. You don't have to work for it. But if you seek something else first, let's say family matters or whatever, seek that first and then God's um, presence, then God is not going to give it to you. Then you have to work very hard to get the control and the structure that you need. But if you see God first, everything else falls in place. That was just such an eye-opener for me, and I'll share you about my running testimonies um, as we go along. So that just brought me to such freedom. I just felt I stepped into freedom um, and just that knowing of like whether I win or lose, um, it doesn't matter because I know who I am in him. I kind of lay down my crown for his crown that was mine already. It was just for me to kind of choose and see that running and my, um, my goals and my um, wins and things, that doesn't define me. God's love ultimately, ultimately um, defines me. So in Matthew 16 verse 24, um, it says, If anyone would come after me, he must deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. Whoever wants to save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for me will find it. And that was pretty much, again, it's this win-lose situation, but that is pretty much just surrendering into him. Stop holding on to things and controlling things, but I actually found life in just doing that. 
So, moving on to the next channel. So, if you will tune into the movie channel with me, we're going to transform it. So, um, transformation is basically what happens on the other side of surrender. So, I felt myself moving from knighted, because I was rooted in church, I was going to church, I knew the Lord. So, through all this running, and it's been kind of the, um, you know, my heart was still, I was still, I still love the Lord, it's not that I didn't know Him. And I kind of saw myself as being knighted, I, I knew what to do, how to, you know, seek His presence. But going through that surrendering process, it took me personally from knighted to being ignited. There was just something different, just a fire. It was like um, from being a soldier, so I'm equipped, but now I must fight this battle. It took me to fire. That just burned away everything. Um, and that was just such a, just a revelation for me um, of, you know, of just, just surrendering to God, what he can actually do through you. We often think um, by surrendering, the life's going to be boring and you won't be able to do the things that you love. But the truth is God placed those things there. God placed your desires in your heart. His idea of meeting your desires is much higher than we can ever achieve with all the control and the fights we're trying to fight to get to that goal. Um, he's just more ultimate than that. Um, I was also so blessed when I um, looked at the word ignited, the IG. Um, IG is, stands for immunoglobulin. We often use it in medical terms. Um, often if you do like an allergy test, they would tell you the IgE is too high. So it's basically just the proteins that's um, involved in your immune system. But have a look at this definition. Immun immunoglobulins play an essential role in the body's immune system. They attach to foreign substances such as bacteria and um, assist in destroying them. So that's really what I felt. I felt like God was igniting me in the spiritual realm. He was boosting my immune system and by his fire was now helping me to destroy the roots of the enemy. Um, and that's basically how I experienced transformation. I also just made a comparison here between being knighted. So knowing, knowing God, we know his ways, we come to church, we know of him, but there's still a form of the enemy in us controlling things that we don't surrender to him. So you can see under knighted, I put there violence because it is a fight involved. You have to gun at it. You have to work at it. Um, there's still chains, and it's almost out of your own effort. Um, but I moved from there into being ignited, which is not really hard work. It's just obedience. You surrender, and you experience freedom. And it's not your own effort or power. It's the overflow of his power and his presence. So in 2 Timothy 3 verse 5, it says um, that in the end times, people will be lovers of themselves. I underlined the ones that was very applicable to my heart. Lovers of money, boastful, proud, abusive, ungrateful, unholy, without love, unforgiving, without self-control, not lovers of the good, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, having a form of godliness but denying its power. And that just was such an eye-opener for me because that's the thing. We, we know God is good and he will provide, but there's a certain area in my life that's like, I will control this because this makes me happy. But when I, it brought me to a place of surrender, and when I gave it to him, um, my achievements was actually better, and I'm going to share that with you now because that was what my hair was like. But this, um, the fire, my, the fire in my walk with him is just on another level. Um, and that's basically why I was convicted about the fact that we just believe, um, we, you know, we take on a form of godliness, but we're actually denying its power. Okay, so here's some of my testimonies. So let's um, tune into the sports channel. So my motto basically cha uh, changed from no pain, no gain to 
stop trying harder, draw closer. So this year I approached much differently in my training. Just I was not controlled by a training program or repetitions or heel sessions. I was just, if it's time to train, I'll go do what I feel like doing. So there was no control and there was also no plan. Um, but um, to me, what God actually showed me, if you sacrifice something, he gives it back in double or greater measure. So that was just the thing that, that left me so amazed after this running season is that something that I completely surrendered to him. The outcome was actually better than all the other years that I've tried my very best to achieve things. He just gave me such amazing results. And again, that spoke to my heart. Remember, that is the desires of my heart. So just to show you that um, God knows each one of our desires. It might not be running for you. It might be something else. But surrender it to him because he will give you something greater than what you're even um, expecting. Um, also in Matthew 6, verse 18, it's actually also in verse 5 and then verse 18, um, it says that your father who sees what is done in secret will reward you openly. It's actually speaking about tithing. Um, in verse 5 and verse 18, it speaks about fasting. But the principle is pretty much the same to me, that in terms of sacrifice. Um, and that's also what the Lord showed me, like, um, you know, just sacrificing things. And he just like openly rewarded me um, with, um, with my races and stuff this year. So I want to share um, some of them with you. Um, so my season basically started this year with a 10-kilometer night race. So this year I was not as fit as the other years because, in my opinion, I didn't do half the training of what I used to do. That's why it left me so amazed because it was really not me. It was really God doing something for me on my behalf. Um, so the 10K night race was the um, first race of the season. Um, I didn't run a great time, but a lot of people afterwards told me, yo, you, you had a lead with 10 minutes. Now, it wasn't really that I ran that fast. It was just that the fast girls didn't run. But that was just, again, to me, that openly reward. People were like, wow, that is amazing, 10 minutes. I'm like, yes, but, but it's not me. It's actually not that amazing because from the fast girls didn't run, but thank you, Lord, I'll, I'll take it. Um, the next one, the 10K laser run, I felt to share with you because that was actually my, um, I can say, practical exam of obedience. Just to also relate and to, to tell you, it is not easy to surrender and um, be obedient, but there is such a powerful reward in it. So um, two days before the 10K laser run, I did um, a speed session. And I took my kids with, I took the pram with, we did heels with the pram. So my legs were was quite tired, and I, um, on that Saturday or the Friday evening, I was wrestling with God because I kind of knew this is a setup for me. Um, to I kind of felt that God is telling me I'm going to have to lay down my crown. So I was very rebellious. I like like, okay, fine. I'm going to go to sleep. I'm not going to set my alarm clock. So if I don't wake up, too bad. I won't run the race. I've also decided because during that stage, our church was doing uh, like a 21-day fast. There would be like one day, three days. I decided tomorrow is the day that I'm fasting, so I'm not going to have breakfast or supplements just to kind of convince the Lord that I'm going to have a huge disadvantage, so that's why I won't be racing. And then I even decided I'm actually going to jog to the start. I've never done that in my life. I like usually pitch just before, but like I'm going to run. I'm going to jog three kilometers to the start, so my legs are going to be tired. There's not no chance I'm going to do this race. And then also I um, put a belt around my waist. I was like, I'm actually going to run with my water bottle today. 10Ks. I never drink water on 10Ks or to take fuel, but today I'm going to just put in my water bottle, and that's how I'm going to approach the race. So I was kind of being rebellious um, against the fact that I really felt God told me 
to the, the challenge is not between me and my opponent. The challenge is between my glory and his glory. So I, I just got to the start of the race in time, maybe one or two minutes in time. And then um, off we went. Um, now, Stephanie was also there. Stephanie is my best friend, so she's quite fit. She's a comrade's gold runner. Um, and what happened is that I just decided the first two kilometers, I'm not here to race. I'm just going to jog my jog. So we went up the hill. And after two kilometers, I'm not sure if it was the enemy or God speaking to me, but this thought came to my mind, I can either um, like lose two kilometers or behind her, or I can try and you know, be just behind her. So I was like, okay, I've got to take on this challenge. I'm, I'm going for it. So off I, so I threw away my water bottle, and off I went. I really gave my all from about two up until seven. I really had to work hard because she had quite a, um, quite a distance on me. And then I caught up with her at about seven kilometers. And then she noticed I was behind her and yo, then we picked up the pace. So the two of us was like sprinting downhill. Now she's the downhill queen. I cannot sprint that fast. I think that's the fastest I've ever sprinted in my life. And then we came to nine and then it flattened. So I moved in next to her. But then I felt the Lord telling me, um, why, are you, why are you fighting this? You, you're talking the talk. Why aren't you walking the walk? What does it mean to you? So I was just battling with this thing. What does it mean to me? Why do I have to have this behind my name? And I just felt myself saying to Stephanie, you've got this girl, go. And off she went. Um, she finished first. I came in second. And guess what? I didn't die. <laughs> this was a huge thing for me. This was actually the biggest thing I've ever done. This is not easy. So I definitely have grace for the fact if you have something to surrender, it's not easy. So like I, sh- I kind of try to illustrate you how I rebelled against it. It's like, I'm not going to run. I'm not going to do this. I'm not going to wake up. I'm going to jog there and have tired legs. But there was so much um, liberty. When that race was finished, I just, I just kind of stepped into a liberty, into a freedom that actually in my heart, that afternoon already, I told um, our coach and um, my husband, like, I'm actually going to do the surface. Now, this is a big thing for me because usually they invite people to come and run the surface. And I would like scan who's running and not. And if I know I don't have a chance, then I'm all too happy to use my injury as an excuse. But I had such liberty. Like, I've got nothing to prove, nothing to lose. I'm going to do it. doesn't matter who's there or not. doesn't matter where I come. It doesn't matter to me because I know what I found in Christ. So I also want to say on this note that often when you're obedient or you make the right choice, you don't get support next to the road. And Stephanie and I were actually chatting about this because it was so funny. Because while we were next to one another, we ran past all the people that we knew and there was silence. Because <laughs> I, I, I think they couldn't decide on who they're going to cheer. It's on Hanley or Steph. It's like just an awkward situation. But that just actually, I just realized like, like often we need to make a stand. We need to make a stand for God. And we might not feel that we're being supported by our Usual supporters, family and friends, but pursue your goal. Keep your eyes um, fixed on Jesus. Um, the next um, race up was the Ironman team event. Now, um, I was asked to run the event, and then it's quite costly, the entry, so I kind of declined it because of the entry fees. But my two teammates, um, the, the swimmer and the cyclist, said they would um, carry part of it for me. All our clothes was also sponsored, so I really feel that God um, provided um, a way for me. Now, a very funny thing that happened is that two days before the event, I was just, it was a Friday night, I walked down the steps and I had this funny pain in my leg, like I was limping everywhere. And I couldn't really understand because I didn't really do training, much training, so it's not as if I heard it during um, 
you know, training. Um, so I suddenly felt myself going into a fear because now the thing is, um, if it was for me, I would kind of cancel, but it's not for me. I'm kind of, I can't drop the team. What am I going to do? So we actually had a half night of prayer at church. So all Friday night, I was just like trusting for, for healing. Nothing happened. The Saturday night, we went to a 40th. Um, my ladies, my life group, um, friends prayed for me there. Nothing. On the morning, um, I saw one friend I asked her to pray for me. Nothing. So what I did is put on a, um, a trans patch underneath compression socks. I never run with compression socks, but I tried to hide it because I could walk kind of normally, but it's sore. I've never run with pain. So I was like, Lord, please make a way. And then um, Nastasha, it's a friend in our church. I saw her while I was waiting for the cyclist to, to do his part. And she prayed for my leg, and then she challenged me. Can you taste it? Yo. And that so challenged me. This amazing how we often, you know, ask people to pray for us and then thank you. But the moment she asked me, can you taste it? Can you feel? I was like, yo, Lord, I need faith. And I actually tried and it felt, fi- it felt fine. So actually just then and there I took off the, the compression sock, um, the transact patch, and your God healed me instantly. And I had so much energy in that race. Um, and now another thing, just again, about God rewarding us um, just openly, our cyclists actually did most of the hard work because we were, I'm guessing we were lying in about position 18 or 20 from all the teams. And our cyclists actually overtake, overtook all the teams. And kind of when I started running, we were about fourth position. So again, um, most of the supporters really support the run. So they didn't really see what the cyclists did. Um, but you know, people were just like, I'm so amazed at the pace I was running, but we've got to be honest here. I had really such an advantage because all the people had been swimming and cycling. So I just looked so amazing and fast, but it was actually nothing to do with my pace and fitness. It was actually because other people had such a disadvantage. So after the race, I got this, wow, you, um, you locked the fastest um, um, time for the 20 kilometer over all the participants in the race so everyone's like wow wow well done and it's like okay oh great thank you lord but it's actually not that great because people had a disadvantage but it was just again that from how i got like openly rewards you people like wow it's amazing but in effect um it wasn't really because people had a disadvantage um then i also want to tell you my testimony about the surfers marathon so um with the surface marathon i actually felt um before that, that afternoon, I prayed about um, it because I knew that Marit is coming, which is a very good friend of mine, but she's also um, a big competitor, so it's always between the two of us. And I felt that God told me um, to let her win. I actually felt to bless her, and I've, I've told Lord Shana, I'm happy to do that because I'm not hard up to win. Um, so on the way there, um, I saw her over the weekend, the Friday, the Saturday, because um, she was using my camping cot and baby chair and all of that. And also on the Saturday, just before we started the race, I told her, if I do catch up with her after the Ganubi River, I will. Um, it would be nice if we can have a chat and then she can kind of do, do a thing at the end. Because that's what I felt God told me to do. So I was just doing this out of obedience. I felt that's what he told me to do. So I came through the Ganubi River fourth. Um, and then I caught up with her in the Ganubi main road. We ran a bit, and then she suddenly started walking. So I stopped, and I started walking, walking with her because uh, I'm kind of sure that's not what I heard. So we walked a bit, and then I told her, you know, let's maybe start running. And so we started running slowly again, but it was very slow and comfortable. So I actually um, 
was chatting to a lot of people in the Genevi main road. You know, everyone knows us, so we were like high five, chatting and everything. And she was like, yo, you've got lots in your tank. You should just go. So I was like, no, I'm just going to stay with you. So we jogged more. And then later she told me again, you know what, just go. You've got lots in your tank. And then I, I told her, I feel bad. I, I, I can't do this. And she's like, no, just go. And she gave me a blessing and we high fived and off, and off I went. Because she gave me a blessing. So I, I just wanted to, to tell you this because, again, it's kind of the desire of my heart. But I felt, I really felt that God told me to give it to her. And that's kind of what I try to do. But how amazing is God that he gave it back to me. And not just that kind of effortless, if I can put it in that way. Just I was walking and I was running such a slow pace. But that was just God's goodness. So that just proved to me that... Um, God always gives something back in greater measure. I didn't expect that or deserve it, but that is his heart for us. And then lastly, the, the two oceans marathon. So I wasn't planning on running the two oceans a month before Leon and I decided maybe we should try and go down. And we both got entries within 24 hours. Now, usually when the entries open, they all sold out on the same day. That's around about November or there. So we both got entries. So God's blessing was just on it. Um, even there, a lot of people were queuing for about two, two and a half hours for registration. We literally just walked into registration. At the end of the queue, there was a door, and I like asked Leon, do you think there's toilets? And he's like, yes. And we just like asked the guy for the toilet, and we went through. So we never queued. So God's favor was just um, on us. And I had an amazing race. I didn't push as hard as I always did. In fact, at about 11 Ks, I felt I was quite tired. So I just told myself, tap back a bit because I'm not enjoying the race. I'm here to enjoy it. I finished the race. When I got in the car, I looked at my phone, and then SMS, SMS came through, and people were like, told me, yo, well done. You were, you were eighth lady, um, you know, fourth South African. So that also just blessed me because I know it wasn't me. I didn't train this hard this year. Um, I, it was not my own effort. I didn't even push the hard as I could because I did, it was really not my desire to go and kind of prove to everyone what I can do. But God is good. God is good all the time. So, moving on to the movie channel, Braveheart. Are you willing to risk or brave enough to surrender that which is controlling you? Um, two things that I want to say on this. So, the first is, he is who he says he is. If you surrender it, God is faithful. He will come through for you. And the amazing thing about that is, you will get to know him better because his word will become alive. Every promise, once you go through it and you experience your victory, when you read the Bible, you can so relate to it. The word just becomes alive. So it is so worth just surrender and you're just experiencing him for, for who he is. Another example that I also want to just share with you, because I feel some of you might feel all right. So now the enemy is not in control, um, but what about God? Does he control so I've mentioned earlier to you, I don't do well with control. In fact, I think I need prayer for this. I've got a bit of a rebellious spirit in me, but you know, we can pray for me later. But I'm actually going to use my weakness to just demonstrate this point to you. So also just trying to say that if there is sin in your life or if you made a wrong choice, God can still use it to influence others. So don't look at yourself and say, I'm not worthy, I'm not good enough. It's not about your ability, it's about availability. So just to give you some examples of control, um, if I, um, like a watch, I never run with a watch, or if I do, I never use it, because um, I've got this thing of no one controls me. No one controls how fast, how many reps. Well, just to give you a, a perspective of how rebellious I am against control, 
this should kind of demonstrate to you that God doesn't control at all. Because I've decided to surrender my everything to him, but there's not a hint of control. Also, like um, in 2000, um, I, moved, I went from a traditional church to a, a, charismatic, a charismatic church, and they told me, you have to get baptized because that's out of obedience of God. And I was like, I'm not getting baptized. No one tells or baptized. No one will tell me what to do. Um, but that was in, in January, and then in June um, that year, um, it is in Joburg, so the water was quite cold. I just felt the Holy Spirit convincing me that um, that I want to get baptized. So I actually asked him, can I be baptized? And it was in the middle of winter. They told me they can't heat the pools. I don't do well with cold water. You can ask my husband. I swim if the water is 30, preferably 32, and heat it at home. Otherwise, I don't swim. But yeah, his love just compelled me and just overcame me. So I was like, I'm going to get baptized today. So I'm just trying to prove to you that God doesn't control. He always gives us choices. It's his love um, that compels us. Also, just um, a second lastly, just want to show you that um, um, with on the travel um, channel that um, some of us actually feel that religion controls us. We're trying to... Um, let our works to please God control us instead of just stepping into freedom. And I felt that God gave me this example of an airplane. So if you bounded by works, it's like being the pilot and you're kind of um, so afraid of going over the lines of the runway. You're so focused on that where I feel God is saying, ask the Holy Spirit to be your co-pilot because he will lift you into freedom. You can still see the, um, so the, the laws and that sort of thing from above there, but you're walking in freedom. So imagine we can all step into true freedom, all right? True freedom comes from the truth and then also the Holy Spirit giving you revelation through his word. Then we can all do our passions for his glory. Do what we love to do. So we know what we love to do. God has placed us there, but let's do it free, free from um, surrendering to things like resentment, expectations, fear, ego, pride, all of that. Let's just do it surrendered to him. That, then we can tune into DSTV and not be remotely controlled by the old schemes of the enemy, SABC 1, 2, and 3. So I just want to end off with this, that um, this is a fight worth fighting for. So don't just settle for ignited, go for ignited. Thank you for listening. Remember that our sermon audio and videos are also available on Shofar TV. Go to www.shofaronline.tv to download and share.